In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I've decided it's the bye week and we're going to have a bye day. And we're not going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns against the uh, Seahawks. I'm here, I believe, with potentially the fan of the year of the Cleveland Browns. It's uh, Larry. Larry, how are you, sir? Beautiful, Paul. How are you? Excellent. And Larry, if I'm correct, you're going to be going to every single Browns game this year. Yeah, you know, taking, t- going to all the games, taking the bus. We already got back from San Francisco. That was a trip in itself. And, uh, we figured, we, we, we decided that that trip was the pinnacle of our insanity because it's the furthest distance we have to travel. So it's downhill from here. Cool. And uh, just to let everyone know, it's Larry Lorello, if I said that correct. And uh, who are you doing this uh, road trip with? So my buddy Luther, Luther Ward, who's from Dayton, Ohio, He's a friend of mine. Uh, he's 80 years old. He's, he lives in Dayton, and he's, he's in the Muni lot at 7 o'clock in the morning for all the games since I've known him. And he came up with this idea of, oh, in the springtime sometime and said, hey, let's go to all the games. And then he said, let's do it with the bus. So here we go. Excellent. And uh, it is on my bucket list to try and do all games one year as a road trip. But I just can't do it at the moment because of jobs. So, uh, but let's let, let's start talking about cost. What does it cost to drive from Cleveland to San Fran, for example? Man, I'm not sure if I want to know myself. To be honest with you, <laughs> hold on, let me tell. You know, I decline. It's, it's, it's a live podcast. We, Larry's got calls from ESPN. Like, want to hear about the stories about his uh, road trip? Yeah, that's my. Wait until he wait until he hangs up. <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> Come on, Anthony. It's my it's my son-in-law. Okay. Is he a Browns fan? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're we're insane. All of us were nuts. Um okay. so I did the math on it. Um we're gonna do about seventeen thousand miles roughly this year. And uh it's ru- just for the fuel alone, it's fifty cents a mile. So you're you know, roughly eight nine thousand dollars just to buy fuel to go up and back uh, for all the games. Now, just the Cincinnati, uh, just the California and back, I figured it was about twelve hundred bucks for the fuel. And originally, we were going to actually go with it, put it on a semi, and ship it. And then Luther came up with the idea. He said, "Larry he says putting it on a truck and shipping it there is not the same as putting is getting in the seat and driving it there." So I said, "Oh." Okay, we're driving. Here we go. <laughs> All right, excellent. And um, so, um, fifty. So, yeah, it's going to cost you uh, a, a bit of money. And how many people are in the bus with you? Oh, uh, so it depends on the game. Um, like the Denver game coming up, there's going to be six of us in a bus. Uh, driver, five. My my son-in-law or my my uh, uh, he'd be my in-law. Uh, two brothers my other brother and uh, a friend of mine. So there's going to be six of us that are driving 
up there. We're going to drive all the way to Denver round the clock. It's a 24-hour trip from our home. And uh, once we get there, we'll tailgate for a couple days. And then the driver is going to drive it back. We're all flying back to get back to work. All right. So you are actually working in between this. <laughs> yeah. 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 You should see. And, and it took me it took me four days to get over the San Francisco trip. I mean, I got sick and everything when it was all said and done, but I made it, made it to the game last week. So we're pretty good. Oh, excellent. Because, and now Larry, um, there's going to be some overlap with me and you because I'm going to Denver. I'm going to the Pats and I'm going to the Bills and the Steelers. Wow. So I'm going to see, wow, you were, you're loading it up. Cool. So we're going, I'll see you in two weeks. And then the third week, we're in Denver. We're actually hooking up with the uh, Denver Browns Backers Club, and we're going to be in the uh, what is it, the the Coors Light parking lot? Yeah, that's right. Now they're saying that there's going to be like three or four thousand people at that parking lot. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the game so far you've been to. Obviously, the Titans at home. Where do you uh, tailgate when you're in um, Cleveland? So everything, you know, I, I always tell everybody that the nucleus of tailgating is in the Muni lot. You'll get, you'll get people that will say that's not true, but, I mean, it's – the way I look at the Muni lot is since the 1970s, I've been tailgating in the Muni lot, and it's only functional. I'm from the east side, so it's the first lot I run into. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Muni lot is a throwback to the 1970s. As long as you don't harm nobody or do anything crazy – it's the same as it's been since the 1970s. So I'm in the Muni lot at the West End, right before you go up the ramp, before you have to throw your beer away. That's where we're sitting. And if I'm correct, you're right near the Muni lot banner. Yeah, um, Scotty Nanari um, has the bus across from me, and our two buses are connected by the banner. Him and I split the cost on putting that banner up about 10 years ago. And uh, that's our second banner. Our first banner finally tore up and uh we we we, uh we we like tradition but every once in a while you have to buy something new and uh scotty's bus is kind of the inspiration that got me started uh i i had a bus before the bus i have now but with with scotty um you know he's he's the mayor of the muni lot so i just i had to be hanging around scotty so that's why we're there oh excellent and uh so yes you obviously the titans games and then you drove to New York? Yeah, New York was uh, uh, Monday night football. By the way, it's hard as a Browns fan to get used to anything but 1 o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> Very difficult to get that one straightened out. But uh, we, went to, uh, yeah, we went to New York, and we were originally going to only just hook up with the New Jersey Browns backers, which we did on, uh, on Sunday. And then somebody came up with a bright idea. They said, hey, you need to go to Manhattan because when's the next time the bus will ever be in Manhattan? So I said, okay, let's go to Manhattan. So the driver took it through Lincoln Tunnel, brought it up. The guy from the uh, um, uh, Big Apple Browns backers, Noah, Noah he said, don't, don't bother coming into town. He says, you won't get any parking. So I said, well, we'll just do a photo, photo op. We'll just pull up in front of the bar and then drive off. And as soon as we pulled in, there was an Uber that pulled out of the way, and we gave us gave us a spot right in front of the bar, and we literally parked, and we and we thought that was an omen for a victory, which it probably wasn't, but it definitely still worked out. I actually met uh, Luther that night, actually in the bar. Yeah, Luther's a badass dude, man. Yeah, really, really cool guy. Yeah, really okay, cool. cool. Um, were you um, 
Were you actually in the uh, bar as well in Manhattan or not? No, I ran into you. We, we crossed paths for like a second. I, was, I had my helmet on, which was I don't usually wear. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah we were there for a second. And then we, did, we never hit cross paths and, and the tailgate and everything else. But, you know, finally doing it. Good, good, good. And then from there, then you went to back home. Back home? Then we, no, then we went to Baltimore. Baltimore, was yeah. It, was it home? Yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, um, the Baltimore trip was, was cool because um, there's a lot H in, the, in Baltimore, and lot H is a permitted lot. And God, I hope I don't get more uh, – I'll leave the names out. I had a buddy who knows a guy who runs all the lots. And I pulled in I, – I, by the way, when we go out of town – the main thing is that we're the first vehicle in line. Yeah. No questions asked. We have to be the first in line. So the night before the game, everyone asked me what time I'm going to get in line. I says, well, I'm going to get in line about 530 in the morning. And they said, why are you doing? I said, because there's going to be one dude that's going to show up with his bus and he's going to be madder than hell because a Browns fan showed up before he did. And he's normally the guy that shows up first. <laughs> and that guy actually showed up, pulled up, got behind me, Got out, looked at my bus, and said, "You know, you're in my spot, right?" I said, "Yeah, I know." And we just we shared a beer, and that was it. Um, <laughs> we pulled it when we went to pull in the lot. We were the first in the lot. Uh, hang on a minute, Larry. I got to ask park. you a question, okay? Yeah. What would you do if a Ravens van or bus parked in your spot in the mini lot? Oh man, man, man. We would, we would, I'd negotiate till I bought them out. <laughs> uh, we actually had, that happened to us in the Muni lot about 10 years ago. A city worker had parked their car to take the train to go to go out of town. And when we got there, there was a city vehicle right in our spot. And Scotty tried to convince the city guy to move it. And this guy said, we can't, the guy doesn't have the key. So about 30 of us moved the car. <laughs> we, we literally picked it up and moved it over two spaces and parked it. So I wouldn't do that with a, with a big bus, but I would definitely find a way to get in that spot. I was correct. It was Jets, then the Rams at home. Oh, yes, 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 right. And then it's the Ravens. At home, uh, that, was, that was a Sunday night game. Now, so the only disappointing about that was, and it's not really about the game, it's that, you know, I, my theory is, is that we're all here for the tailgate, and the game is, a, is our excuse. You know, that's <laughs> the reason why we're, we, we all showed up together. Um, it's, it's the bond that keeps us all together. Um, but usually, I, I, I said this all year long and before the season, was we, we get a Sunday night game, we get a couple Monday night games, we're going to be able to, to tailgate from 7 o'clock in the morning until game time. Well, they've kind of taken that away from us. Now it's 2 o'clock. So we, we still get in line early in the morning, but we can't actually start the party until 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday night football. Why do you think that is? Just Cleveland doesn't want too many drunk people around? No, you know, what's funny about it is that, well, the NFL is kind of pushing that thing now because they're, they're worried about alcohol consumption. But the way I look at it is all of us um, uh, hardcore tailgaters, Browns fans that all show up early, we're, we're not only uh, – I mean, f technically, you're going to get tired before you get too damn drunk. And, and, if, and even if you do get drunk, you've got all day long to sober up. It's, it's, you'd be surprised that the bulk of the people that show up for the long haul are not the ones that get drunk and carry on. It's the ones that show up at the last minute that have to catch up to the rest of us. 
So in England, here's a bit of a story for you. In the old days, pubs shut at 11 o'clock, which meant yeah. that you couldn't buy alcohol after 11 o'clock in England. So what happened was we had a really bad culture of everyone binge drinking to get as drunk as, pos- as fast as they possibly could. There you could. go. Now we've gone all European and you can buy alcohol till six in the morning and it's all spread out. You don't have fights after the pub and it's a lot more calmer. So and spreading nice. it out was, was the solution. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. You don't get bottlenecks of in the old days. It used to be, you finish work at five, you drink to 11, you yeah. go and have a fight outside the pub. The police turn <laughs> up. <laughs> I love your week you know that's 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 how it used to be but now it's like no bottlenecks in a night out in england because everyone leaves at different times and blah 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 right right nice the, the san francisco game how long did it take you to get out there okay so the san fran game uh, um it's it was three and a half days um and i gotta set the re- i gotta set the record straight right now that, that we don't go too far i was not in the bus for the drive up or the drive back. My driver, a guy's name is Marty, drove that bus by himself all the way to California and all the way back. My excuse, just to defend myself, was that I'm 60, Luther's 80. Neither one of us thought we had enough ass in us left to sit in a bus for four days up and four days back. Now, we, we will be in the bus for all the other trips, okay? But that San Francisco trip, we weren't in it. <laughs> and uh, Lenny, what do you do for work? Because um, people say to me, I get a lot of time off, but you seem very similar to myself. You seem to squeeze everything in to the max. Oh, what do I? Well, okay, so um, my family owns a construction company, and we all work it. Um, I did a job in, um, in Dallas, Texas earlier this year, and – I, I volunteered to be the one to go to Dallas. It was 24 weekends in a row working in the, in the heat down there to get a job done on outages in downtown Dallas. And I volunteered to do it with the condition that when it football season came around, nobody bothered me. <laughs> so I kind of bought my way into having extra time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, just for, as a plug, my wife and I own a small winery in Geneva, Ohio. So, that's that's typically my weekend job, and my wife, God bless her, who's behind me and just mentioned it, has given me this opportunity to do this bucket list thing. So God bless her, Excellent. honey. What type, of, what type of wine do you produce? Um, we're doing. Uh, we're actually. Uh, we've already put our Chardonnay, our Riesling, our Pinot Grigio uh, into the cellar, and right now we and our Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir just got picked picked a little while ago and we've got cabs so pretty much all the vinifera grapes uh right here in northeast ohio you can really grow some nice grapes depending on the season um this year which was was a struggle all year long because of wet weather turned out in this last month and a half to be phenomenal and all our sugars are up and it's going to look like a pretty decent vintage do you like european wines yeah i i uh i absolutely love uh, Italian wines, uh, I love French wines. You know, I, I, I've kind of got a, um, starting to work into German wines a little bit, but yeah, European wines are, are German my wines st- are very sweet. They are. Well, you can get dry ones, but, but you're right. Typically they are, they're on the sweeter side. 
And, that, and you know, and that's because their their appellation requires them to they they have a higher acid level in their wines because it doesn't ripen as much as further south, so they compensate with sugar. We do the same thing. So if I'm correct, it needs to be hotter so the grapes burn to produce more caramel sugar. Yeah, or no? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, and 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 main main thing is the heat ultimately will burn off the acidity. So you end up with a, a wine that has the right balance of acid. If it doesn't get enough heat, you have too much acid. Well, my favorite wine is an Alsace Riesling, bone dry. That's my favorite. But uh, Larry, we're a, we're a Browns podcast. I can't keep talking about wine. We're going to get all of my locals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until, I'm, until I make an orange and brown wine, then they'll be happy. But with the... Uh, with the uh, Patriots game, what's your plan? When are you leaving Cleveland and how are you going to get there? Uh, okay, so the Patriots game, we're leaving at uh, about 5 in the morning on Saturday. Figure we'll pull in around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. Uh, meet up with the, uh, uh, what is it, the Connecticut uh, Browns backers. There, there's a Browns backers club in Boston, but for some reason I can't really find them. No, me uh, neither. None? Okay, so we're actually if you're going to be there you come at the same time wherever you're going to be that's where i'm going to be <laughs> tell me where to meet you so my, my my plan is today and we've still got like 12 13 days until i land is i land in boston around seven o'clock in the evening on saturday i think i'm gonna have a few drinks in boston downtown and then head to foxbury where my hotel is okay cool but, and then on the first thing in the morning so lot 52 is the lot for the RVs. It's first come, first serve. So we're going to, again, we're going to be in line, you know, for one o'clock. They won't let us in the lot until uh, I think nine o'clock in the morning, which, or no, it's a four o'clock game in it, four o'clock. So that like 12 o'clock noon. So we'll probably get in line around nine or eight, something like that. So at least three hours before they open up the gate. And uh, uh, the tailgate, this, this is the one tailgate so each tailgate's a little different. San Francisco was with the with the Air, uh, Bay Area Browns backers, and that party was just absolutely insane. There must have been 700 to 1,000 people at our tailgate party, completely surrounding the bus. Um, we raised $1,600 for food banks in Cleveland and a couple of Ohio. We're actually doing a – it's a good time to say this. We're, we're, we're raising money for – Food banks of Cleveland, Ashtabula, which is my hometown, and Dayton, Ohio, which is Luther's hometown, um, at all these away games. So if you come to our tailgate party, you come in the bus, sit down for a few minutes, and leave a donation, 100% of it goes to wherever, whatever these three charities are. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the way we looked at it is we're going to do all this stuff, and it would be way too arrogant for us to go do all this, have our, a good time and then not do something. So, um, but in, in that particular, uh, the, the, the new England game, we really don't have anything set up. That's, that's formal. So it's whoever shows up for the party will be there. So some of the parties will be smaller than others. And, and after San Francisco, I'm looking for one to be a little more mellow. <laughs> Makes sense. Here's, here's a question for you. What was busier, San Fran or New York, the Jets game? Oh, man. Okay, so San, San, uh, New York was bigger because there were, what, 1,400 or so fans there. 
but where we were parked was right across that street, the entrance street. So for us, the party was smaller because it was, it was not right in the party. In San Fran, they brought the entire party right to our bus. So it was just, hell, at one point, my daughters, we, we you know, uh, uh, what's the name, Bud, president of the club, says, well, could you bring a little bit of food just so there's a few people that don't have food can, can have some food? I said, sure. So, you know, we bought a bunch of brats, and all of a sudden, it was almost like a swarm of people on top of us. And my daughter looks at me, she goes, what do we do? I said, cook everything and get the hell out of the way. Just <laughs> let, them, let them go at it. Uh, so I, for us, San Fran was, was insane. New York was actually a larger population, though. Okay. I think it's going to be interesting. Denver or Arizona, I think, are going to be the two big tailgates. I think you're, I think you're right. I think those are going to be two huge, huge games. Huge, huge tailgates. Yeah, for, yeah. for tailgates. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, – I actually, if you have anybody to contact for me to help me out with that one, or, or if somebody from Phoenix gets a hold of this – get a hold of us because I made a phone call to Joe Laporte, who's the president of the Phoenix backers. And, uh, I have, they're, they're the only guys that I have not made any contact with for a tailgate party. I've uh, got two contacts for you. Okay. Yeah. I, I got a hold of, I got a hold of Denver and we're all set with them. Those guys are cool. They're going to, they're putting us up in a hotel where the Browns are going to be at. Same, so same as me. Right in front. Yeah. Larry, we're in the same hotel. Are we really? Okay, cool. Well, then that'll, that'll make it easy, right? But yeah, I'll send you the Phoenix uh, guys afterwards. And um, the last game I'm going to go to is Steelers and then the Bengals away, They're them two games. Steelers home or Steelers away? I'm going to both, Steelers home and away. Okay, all right, cool. Well, what? so whenever you get in town on the Steelers game, if you want, love to have you on the bus. Why don't you just come into Cleveland instead of Pittsburgh? And ride on our bus right to it. I, I've got to keep my costs down. And Cleveland's expensive flight, so I'm flying into New uh, York. And then I'm driving okay. New York to Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then we'll, I'm not going to come to New York and pick you up, but... <laughs> come on, Larry. <laughs> uh, but no, um, uh, mate, what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm going to nine games, and you're going to 16, and I'm... Uh, very, very jealous. And one season, I will do what you're doing is get in a car or a bus and try and do all games. Uh, just to correct you on, on one thing was that, that you said something about me being a, the Browns fan of the year. Well, number one, Luther's the Browns fan of the year, if there, anyone's getting any kudos for it. Because, uh, you know, this is, this is our bucket list, but this was his idea. But the truth of the matter is that I, we want this to be a trip for many people to enjoy and come in. If, we're, if, we, if we inspired anybody to go on a trip, to go anywhere in the country, to, to tailgate with us and just join our bucket list, please come to our tailgate party. And as far as being better than anyone else, trust me, man, there's a long line of Browns fans that have come and gone and are still to come that are – equally or much better than the craziness of me and Luther. We're just, we're just two guys that are just having a ball and uh, looking forward to a hell of a season. So, Larry, tell us, what's your expectations for the season? Oh, you know, I'll tell you. Um, I came up with this, 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 this year 
that I look at it and my statement for, the, for this year is 100% hope, 0% expectation. Just enjoy the ride. I, I look at this year as being a year to, to literally just enjoy the fact that we are celebrating what, the Cleveland Browns. Um, the, we have the opportunity right now that no other fan base has. Um, the fact that, that we were 0-16, we were 1-15, and all of a sudden we're a contender. Okay, That opportunity doesn't exist for other teams' fan bases. Once you get to a point in your life where you have expectation, then disappointment can set in. You're no better than a Steeler fan who wakes up on Monday morning after you lost a game and are disappointed or upset. In Cleveland, when we lose a game, we just get up the next morning and we go to work. Okay? The idea of being a Browns fan and having just hope without expectation is, is sweeter. If you consider winning sugar, this is the sweetest sugar. Okay, it's like the honey that nobody else gets to get. And if you, if, you, if you take the opportunity to just look at it with just hope and forget about the expectation part, if we ever make it to somewhere down the road to playoffs or anything else, it will be more enjoyable. You'll enjoy it more. It means more to us. Okay, and that's what – and, and no, no other fan base can take that from us. Okay. Um, I, I, I uh, and it's not a, it's, you know, a lot of people look at me, expectation, no expectation is a negative. It's not a negative. Expectation is rooted, rooted in greed and hope is rooted in spiritual, in, in spirit. Okay. Don't look at it as something you have to have or that you deserve. We don't deserve anything. All we deserve is ourselves, the enjoyment of being fans and enjoy that tailgate. That's all we deserve. After that, it's all a matter of chance. Tell us a little bit more about your friend, uh, I'm afraid to say, passed away of cancer, but he buried a Kozar jersey in the Steelers. Yeah, so, so we, have a, we have a construction company, our, my brothers and I, my cousin, and uh, we had a guy that worked for us, his name was Scotty Rad, Scotty Rudwanski. And uh, if you go to sportsblognation.com and uh, – Hold on a second. Hey, Galen, I got to talk, talk to you in a minute because I'm, I'm, I'm doing a really important blog here. Talk okay. to you in a minute. Okay. Yeah, he's another brand. He's going with us to Denver. Um, so Scotty was our safety guy, worked for us. And um, Scotty was a kind of, tail, kind of Browns fan that never really could afford to go to too many games himself but would never miss a game if you got him a ticket. And he was never – he always went to the games. Um, Scotty was – I married Scotty at a tailgate party uh, against the Steelers way uh, – I don't know, 10 years ago. The first time we had beat the Steelers in like 12 tries. And um, uh, I, I married him and Donna at the tailgate party on a Thursday night football game. It was 15 below zero wind chill factors. And um, uh, two years later, Scotty got cancer. And when we were working, we were doing a job in Pittsburgh. And um, uh, the, uh, he was a safety guy on that job. And we were building the track right across from the stadium. So Scotty told me about maybe a month or two before he passed away, he said, Larry, he said, let's, um, let's go. Uh, I need a favor from you. So we went to Pittsburgh, went up on top of the, the aerial structure where we were, we were uh, pouring the concrete for the uh, track. 
and Scotty took a Bernie Kosar jersey and buried it in the concrete, and it's still there today. Awesome. Um, the story that the, uh, the writer from Austin, Texas, wrote this story, it's called The, the Legend of Scotty Rad. And it, when you Google it, it's like the first 10 right off the bat. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to us, it was like a story of triumph that Scotty was able to jinx the Steelers before he passed away. When you read the story, it's a, it's a tearjerker because at the end he passed away. And it was weird because when we told the story, I didn't, didn't have that same feeling, didn't have the feeling of sadness, had the feeling of triumph. But the story will get you right at the end. And um, if you come to the Muni lot uh, or you come to any of our games, uh, we have a banner that we put that's in the Muni lot. We carry it and we put it on the, the bus for all the away games. It'll be in Denver. And on the top left corner, it says the legend of Scotty Rad. And we dedicated our bus um, and everything that we do goes to Scotty and the love of that kid. So that's right, my that's a great story. Uh, he, uh, he was, he was a special dude, uh, you know, at, at his funeral, when we talked about him, it was that, you know, Scotty was a simple, simple man. And that was, that's not to be said that he was, uh, that simple is a bad thing. Simple is what all, all people in the world should be striving for the simplicity of life, period. Everything else, we're all running around in our lives trying to succeed or trying to be successful. At the end of the day, the only thing you really want to do is enjoy a little bit of life and be a simple man. And Scotty lived it from day one to the last one. Excellent. All right, mate. I'm going to get some sleep. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> gotcha. All right, brother. God mate. bless you. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, you too, mate. I'll keep you updated where to go and stuff, or you tell me. All right. Sounds good. Thanks All right, a lot. Take care, buddy. Ciao. Bye now. All right. Awesome, mate. Well, I'm looking forward to catching up with you. How can people follow your journey? Um, only because I don't, uh, don't, know how to, don't know how to do it any other way. Uh, they friend me on uh, uh, Facebook, Larry Lorello, which if once this gets out, I'll probably have to turn the damn thing off by the end of the year. But um, I'm posting everything on there and also Cleveland buzz. I post it on there too. So, uh, that I take pictures and videos of each game and, and put those on there. The, 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 the one thing I gotta, um, if you look up hashtag bacon Mayfield, I've got a pig that I, that I go around with and, uh, it's a long story how I named the pig, but, Hashtag Bacon Midfield. Those are all our videos of all the stuff we did last year and what we're going to do this year. So that's a little two ways to get a hold of us. Excellent. Well, Larry, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I'm looking forward to meeting you more times on the road this year, uh, starting off with the uh, uh, Boston. Peace, brother. Love Thanks you. Thanks a lot for your time, buddy. Uh, you too. Go Peace Browns. Soon. Go Brownies. Boof, boof. <laughs>